0: Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Welcome and thank you for joining us for episode number 49 of the Cultivating Business Growth podcast brought to you by PJS and Co-CPA. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are talking about being a visionary as an entrepreneur. So I'd like to start off by welcoming one of our partners, CPA and CGMA, Katina Peters. Y'all
1: know her. Hey Megan, glad to be here today. Super excited about the guest that you're about to introduce. I'll let you get into that, but really happy uh, that we have him here to speak with us today.
0: Yeah, me too, me too. So like Katina said, we have also invited entrepreneur, advisor, CEP, and co-founder of YARDS to the show today. He comes from a pedigree of construction and entrepreneurship. He has sat on several boards and has been a trusted advisor for a widespread of companies. As CEO of YARDS, he brings a high business aptitude mixed with a passion-driven culture. Welcome to the show, Jason Perez.
2: Thank you very much, Megan, and thank you, Katina. I, uh, I'm i very honored to be here, and actually, I wish that every time I walked into a room, I had an introduction like that because it sounds far greater than maybe who i really am but this is a <laughs> this is a great experience and uh thank you for having me
0: yeah we should put in some some applause or something you know so like a laugh track or something we need something like that
2: <laughs> yeah the theme music that's all we need theme music
0: yeah yeah the roar of the crowd <laughs> <laughs> So to kick things off, you actually, so I watched a a prior interview with you actually, and it was really intriguing. You have a really interesting backstory. And I've heard, you know, Katina has talked about you, all good things, Um, but your parents immigrated from Cuba, I learned, and you attribute much of the drive that you have and that entrepreneurial fire inside from what you learned from them. So can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and that drive?
2: Yeah, I'd love I would love to, I think it um, is a big part of who I am and, and you know, growing up in a family that essentially um, created themselves from nothing here in the country. Um, you have big shoes to fill, right? And so when they came from Cuba to the U S they literally didn't have any money in their pocket and they had to, they had one option to succeed, right? No option to fail. And so, you know, it was one of these scenarios where they saw everything that they sacrificed, everything that they did and every goal that they had, they were very focused on it and they had this, this vision, right? That I think most people have when they come to the U S and it's this vision of the American dream. And they said, you know, it doesn't matter where we came, what matters is where we're going. And so they always had their eyes looking forward and and I just remember as a child, you know, being able to do things that a lot of my friends didn't get to do, and it was all because my parents, you know, would write something down and say, hey, you know, we're going to go on vacation to this place, or so we're going to get this thing, or we're going to have this experience, and, you know, a year, two years, three years from from that point, we'd actually be doing it. And so they set such a tremendous example for me to really set some goals, lofty goals, and work towards them right, every step of the of the way, just chipping away, making these little focused milestones or goals to get to the final vision of of where they wanted to be, the American dream and I think they did a tremendous job in building that out, and you know they laid the foundation for all all three of us i 'm one of three boys, and every single one of us now are entrepreneurs and you know we've been really blessed to have success as entrepreneurs and to be able to run multiple businesses and um, yeah just just very fortunate
0: yeah I mean what an incredible gift to have that in both parents and see that work ethic and just grow up around it like that's just what you know so I mean and that's amazing too I didn't know your brothers were also entrepreneurs So, I mean, obviously they did things right, right? When it comes to
2: (laughs) showing you guys how to get things (laughs) done. They did, and you know, they had great examples as well, because my my grandparents were the same way, right? My parents were pretty young when they came over um, from Cuba. They were actually, you know, in in elementary school. Um, So my grandparents really laid that foundation for them. And the expectation is, you know, every generation is going to build a little bit, a little bit bigger dreams, right? And, and we get to do that because the generation before us laid out and sacrificed so much. And so, you know, I think there's, there's just this family um, mentality and mantra between all of us that, you know, you look out for the generation before, but you're also building for the generation that comes next.
1: And I like even going back to where you're talking about no option to fail. I mean, they were in a much more, I guess, real situation when it comes to that. But I think if you build your goals the same way, just keeping that in mind, that really helps you come up with the innovation and the things that you need to do to achieve that. I know we Uh, did a podcast recording recently about how to be innovative and and what's going on in the world right now. is creating a lot of innovation because people have to do things in a different way and they have to look at things in a different way. But I think if you can keep that mindset, and I think, Jason, you're really good at keeping that mindset of, no, this is the goal and then I'm going to figure out a way to get there and not give up on that.
2: Yeah. So I was a double major in, in college and I was about two classes short of getting my third major. So I had economics, political science. My third major was, was philosophy. And I was a big, you know, Aristotle vices and virtues type guy. And what you find is as entrepreneurs, we're constantly trying to fight these extremes in our lives, right? Especially really strong visionaries. You're looking and you're going, man, yeah, I have this innate and, and chiseled in who I am that there's no option to fail. And it's such a great attribute to have in a mindset, you know, at the, at the other end, it can become a tremendous vice, right? And so what I like to tell entrepreneurs and, and, you know, it's funny cause even there's this video of Arnold Schwarzenegger that's been circulated around where he says, you know, do not have a plan B, right? Cause the second you build a plan B, it's because you don't believe strong enough in your plan a and i think there's a lot of truth in in that i think that a lot of people start to look at plan b and it just weakens their plan a so much and it's kind of like they're exiting out of that potential of i might fail i might not and i think as entrepreneurs you've got to hold to that vision you got to believe that you're not going to fail and you're going to continue to have these little bumps in the road but the reality is Every little bump, you know, that you hit might be a way to pivot or to expand. You know, they're, they're little sprints that you that you might hit, but you're building on each one, right? And so what I tell people is I, I don't like people to think that, like, I'm in a hard charge regardless of any indicators in the market or any you know, business fundamentals, because you have to operate within business fundamentals. You have to understand the market. You have to understand your customers. And if it's not there and it's not going to happen, then guess what? You've got to pull back and whether that's a failure or whether that's a pivot or whatever it might be, however you want to define it. But the reality is as, as a visionary, you have this drive and this mantra of no option to fail, but you set guardrails and you get really good people around you and you understand business fundamentals to make sure that you put yourself in check when it's that time to go, hey, I've got to change something or it will fail, right? So, you know, I think that's that's something that you guys have done um a great job with me and our and our relationship is you know, constantly sitting down and looking at what that plan looks like and going. All right, what are the business fundamentals? Where's cash flow? Where, you know, what, how do we look on budget? And what do we need to change? Because that's how you succeed, right? The no option to fail doesn't mean that my ego is so big that I'm gonna keep on going the direction I want, right? To get to that vision. The no option to fail is making sure that you put all the right things in place so that you don't fail.
1: Yeah, you still have to have that strategic plan around it. You can't just, you know, charge ahead with no plan and no numbers and no, you know, reality checks uh, about what's really going on in the business. So that's a a good point as far as that goes. And uh, I wanted to give a little bit of background before we jump into this next question that we had for you. But we talked. A little bit about how business owners have to make sure they have that entrepreneurial mindset that they need to somewhat step back from their business and look at it and treat it just as that a business. A lot of people go into business doing what they enjoy doing, which is great. Um, doing what they're trained in, you know, they're a lawyer, they're an accountant, they're a, you know, dentist, whatever the case may be. But they don't always stop to make that business plan, like an entrepreneur should be standing back and looking at it like any other investor would be looking at it. And you've always had a good, good grasp on that. So that's kind of gets to our next question. And I've talked to Megan a little bit about how I felt you really filled that role very well when it comes to your mindset. So, you know, we wanted to ask a little bit about how you keep yourself, you know, kind of in that high level visionary role, um, and not stuck down in the details, uh, lost uh, in the forest, so to speak.
2: That's a, that's, that's a great question. It's a question that I think every founder um, and entrepreneur struggles with. You know, I, a lot of times you're right, you're coming from a certain experience or pedigree or, or an occupation, and you're saying, all right, I do this really well, and I want to take the next steps and become an entrepreneur. Or maybe you've built a couple companies, but at the end of the day, when you're starting a company you're kind of everyone right and so you're even when you get your first five hires you're still kind of everyone you're still managing everyone you're still getting a little bit into the weeds but culturally you're trying to sell this vision right to the team and so what what I think we've done well and I've learned this again through really strong mentors surrounding myself with really strong people you know I, everything that I've taken is is typically something I've learned from somebody else. Right. And so the key to staying out of the, the details all the time and maintaining vision is something I like to call vision and focus. Right. And so, you know, vision is really looking at that mountain from afar and seeing that route from start to finish all the way up and, and looking at that peak and that horizon and, what it takes to get there. But focus is as you're grabbing that rock, you know, and taking that next step up the mountain, what do you need to do to traverse just that one section of mountain, right? And it kind of hit me as I was talking about it right now, it's funny, I'm actually demoing a deck, um, like a wooden deck on my backyard right now. And, you know, just to put some relevance around it, like, I decided I would take it on as just a fun project. And as I'm demoing this deck, like I just started kind of feeling like, why am I doing this? This is a lot of work. This is rough, so on and so forth. And that was you know, a moment of getting in the weeds, getting in the detail and being focused on the demo. But immediately I shifted my mind after that. And I had to remind myself, hey, after I demo this, I get to put some new nice decking on. I get to put some new rails up. And I started focusing back on the vision and it made all these details of the demo and, you know, maybe being on my hands and knees in the dirt and sweating and, you know, hundred percent humidity just worth it. And so I think when it comes to vision and focus for me in a business application, my focus is always on a three month sprint. We have advisory meetings, we sit down, obviously you're part of a lot of these and we go, What do we need to be focused on for the next three months? What is that milestone I have to hit in three months so that I can get to the vision? Knowing that everything I do in that three months is for the greater good of that vision. And I think every entrepreneur needs to keep that vision in their mind, but they have to have these small increments, these milestones that are highly focused so that they can drive those next phases of the business and get to where they need to, right? All again, back based on business fundamentals, based on what you're getting from the customer, what you're getting in the market. These are really important pieces.
1: I think it's definitely great to always come back to and not lose track of that vision because I think that tends to happen to people a lot as they are growing their business, especially. And like you said, they're being all the hats, at least somewhat because they're managing people. So I think the more you can make sure that you're coming back to that revisiting that on a regular basis. that so just helps drive that momentum forward.
2: You're right. And, and vision really is vision is purpose. Vision is motivation, right? But, but focus, the details, that's the work to get there, you know? That's the application of it. And so I think that's really important. And like a deck, sometimes, you know, you're going to have to do some demo or refinement of your company. You're going to have to do some pivoting when you dig into those, those details and weeds. But the reality is when you come out of it, You know, or even during, in the middle of it, you know, the the hard times, going back to not failing, your focus on that vision is what pulls you through it, you know, whether it's a really difficult conversation with an employee, whether it's, you know, bringing on a new customer and it's a great win, or losing a really big customer and, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to replace that revenue, the reality is that vision is what gets you through it, right?
0: So i have a follow-up question to that yes um, i know you said you have that vision and then bring it back to focus and it's kind of this balancing act are there any daily habits or one daily habit that you would attribute to your success in doing that that's,
2: yeah that's good um you know based on my personality i'm 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 a very detailed oriented type of person I think a lot of people would talk to me and go, Oh, this guy's a visionary. But by practice, I'm probably one of these more weed guys. Like I tend to jump in really deep very quickly and I jump out just as quickly, but I jump in a lot very quickly. And I think the major thing is every morning, right? I have a little note that I, that I have on my desktop, like right when I turn on my computer, And it kind of gives me that vision and motivation for the day. Right. And it's the same type saying every day and, and really it's about like purpose and it's saying, Hey, whether good or bad, right? Like I'm giving myself to, to God and my company and my family, whether good or bad, whatever happens today, like I know that it's going to be, for the better of something, right? It's that optimism, that's the understanding that, you know, whatever, whatever I deal with today, something bigger is coming tomorrow. And whatever efforts I put in today, something bigger will happen tomorrow. I'm building on top of today, good or bad, it doesn't matter, because I'm building something bigger.
0: I love that, that's great, well, I'm gonna bring it back to risk-taking now. I know you touched on it before and focused on the business fundamentals and how important that is as an aspect of risk-taking because it's important to tackle that in a wise way, right? You don't wanna just jump off the cliff not knowing if there's rocks underneath the water. Um, But (laughs) do you feel that this can be learned or do you think it's more of an inherent ability to be able to take risk?
2: yeah I, I you know for me, a lot of it was learned through example. you know, I have to go back to to my grandparents and what they did coming to Cuba, not knowing what was in front of them, or my parents you know taking on new positions and new jobs and new things and and learning new things. They really set an example and and, and you know I, I guess I would say all of us I mean to have three boys that all decided to be entrepreneurs to all decided to take some risk, right? At different levels. Each one of us took different levels of risk based on the type of businesses that we went after, but we all took risk. You know, I think a lot of it is learned and and maybe there's that little piece of, of what you're born with that contributes to it. But I would bet you there's a tremendous amount that can be learned, um, especially when it's learned early. You know, I'm a firm believer that the earlier you start to instill these things, like in my children, you know, we're teaching them um, about you know the blessings of being an entrepreneur, right? And and that's something that's really important. They understand the story of their great grandparents and then of their grandparents, and so yeah, I think I think a lot of it is learned you know and and risk-taking really it's it's all about faith and as you see people put faith into their goals and objectives or or god and then and then things actually come to fruition like you know what's the saying faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen And and if you can have a vision of things that are currently not seen things that you hope for, right? And you see p- other people do the same and they come to fruition. You start to realize in your own life that, that things, these things will come true. And as, you know, this is my third business now, and because I guess I have that faith, each time I've gone through it, I've learned, have the perception of less risk. You know, I perceive it less risky And that's something that's learned right because i had success before i've learned now that that it's possible and on my fourth one or fifth one or sixth one it's going to become you know i guess it'll be something that's innately learned (laughs) If, if i'm allowed to even say that you know
0: yeah, yeah I mean, because it's fear of the unknown before you've started any business, right? But as you do it, you find out, oh, this isn't so scary, you know, almost <laughs> anything in life, right? It's... Right. Business or otherwise. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I think it is very much a learned thing. And I think that, you know, people... Uh, And I think it's great if you can learn it at a young age or teach it to your children um, as they're younger. But I think you can also shift into that mindset, too, and kind of get out of your own way a little bit and put your fears aside. And, you know, doing it uh, in an intelligent way, you can definitely, you know, still, like you said, knowing the market, knowing the things, you know, that are out there and what's going on and have have that plan and the strategy behind it but I definitely think it's something that it also I think has to do with what your purpose is and how important it is to you so if something is super important yes. to you you're going to overcome some of those fears and you're going to take that leap and take that risk because the reward on the other side that you're looking for you know that can make a huge difference too so I think it's kind of a That's, that
2: is so spot on so spot on 100 percent
0: well, and I wanted to follow up too about relationship building because I know you mentioned that and you attribute a lot of the things that you do in your own leadership style and you know what you do in your company to mentors that you've had in the past. So how important would you consider relationship building in effectively building your business and communicating your vision? Yeah,
2: it's paramount. It is the most important thing as an entrepreneur. One hundred percent. I mean, from the start as an entrepreneur, you are driving people to believe in you and the vision, right? They go hand in hand. The more that people trust you, right? The more that you build relationships with them, the more that they're going to trust your vision. And a lot of people think, hey, I'm going to sell that vision. But the reality is, it is it's, it's almost on first sight, right? It doesn't take a long time for people to make up their mind. They make it up very quickly on whether they're going to believe in you or they're not, right? Even before you start talking about that vision, in your first, you know, cadence of, of presenting or your first handshake or even maybe even your appearance, they're going to have some type of uh, preconception. It's just it's just natural. It's human, right? When you see someone, something comes something comes to your brain. But the relationship is what drives belief in the founder, right? The relationship, regardless of what that initial instance, you know, whatever preconceptions, whatever thoughts or whatever came. The reality is, your relationship is going to build and bridge that gap to your vision, and it's. And people have to understand and believe that you're genuine, that you actually have a vision, right? That you believe in your vision. You have to. You have to be trustworthy, and I. And I think. I think when you are, when you're real, I guess that's the only word I can use people are going to see that and they're going to follow you, right? And they're going to follow your vision. You can just about create any vision if people believe in who you are.
0: Wow. that That's a strong statement. Just that right there. I mean, it, cause it's so true because we, we actually just recorded another episode where we're talking about a vision shouldn't be a mirage and that kind of leads oh, yeah. us, it kind of leads us into our next question as far as you know, I I personally have worked for some companies that the vision is just that. It's just a, a couple sentences and we never used it, we never talked about it really, other than like orientation. And that that was it. But I have grown a lot of respect for business owners that lead by example and in talking about the vision and being genuine about what that vision is so from what i've heard about your leadership style that seems to be how you go about doing it and i wanted to ask how have you taken action to lead by example
2: leading by example like like relationship building i think they they go really hand in hand Uh, people need to see you do it first right to build that culture you can't build culture and tell people this is what we're about and not walk the walk and show them how to do it in, pra- in practice, and so you, know, even before you get there, though, leading by example, I think you kind of have to be your own example for yourself, right? And what that means is you know th- there's the old saying, "Your thoughts become your beliefs, your beliefs, your actions, your actions, your habits, your habits, um, your character and your character, your destiny." And so like it really does start with your thoughts and training your mind and believing in what you want to be, right? Like you've got to start with you and you've got to make it right with yourself. And once you believe that the actions will follow and that's what people are going to follow from you, right? That's how you lead. It's because you're doing it because you believe it. You believe it deeply, you have that conviction and people when they see that conviction and they see how you actually practice it, right? If, if, if being a giving founder is important, then you better be giving. And I don't mean, you know, setting up some community charity donor type stuff and things like that. I mean, that starts with your employees. You know, at my last company, my employees were getting paid, average 30 to 40% more than what the market was paying. But giving was really important. We also had a foundation, you know, of, uh, we had a benchmark and we were giving a percentage uh, in the double digits to charities, right? Every single year. But I gave to them first, right? And if I didn't start by giving to them first, then they would have said, well, Hey, we're a giving company you're giving to all these charities and you're and nobody inside the company is getting a piece of it right you're not being giving to us so when it becomes part of who you are now giving means i give to everyone i give to my family i give to my neighbors i give to my employees and i give to the community right if that's something that is important to you then it has to be on your mind You have to believe it and you have to take those actions and people are going to lead, whatever it might be. If customers, you know, spreading love is the most important thing to you, then do it right. If putting customers first is the most important thing, then do it. Whatever it is, you should write it down. You should believe it and you should take action. And when you do, when you're consistent and you have conviction, then people will follow.
0: Well, and I would totally agree with that and piggyback with when you're giving that much to your employees and showing them that appreciation and meeting their needs, they're going to give that back to you because obviously they want to be taken care of. Like you said, if if you're a part of some company and they want to just, it seems like a PR stunt if you're just giving to charity and talking about how much you give and all of these things, you know, it's not genuine. Again, it doesn't feel genuine. When you're a part of a company like that so when you feel like they are taking care of me that is a part of the mission it's a very different story and it changes how your employees individually feel about working with you and seeing the vision and all of all of that that goes along with it
1: yeah and i think another thing to keep in mind is to you know like you said actively looking at what is it that you what is it that's important to you and then how are you uh, able to really embody that because I think sometimes we get stuck in a rut or going through the motions and, um, you know, we have things that we think are important to us, but, you know, we don't put them at the forefront and make pathways for that and I think it's again just sitting down and like you said writing it down and looking at it from that perspective and making sure that we're paying attention you know to those things and I think it's a combination of this is what I want to be and taking the actions to be that it it, to bring that really to full fruition and embodiment in yourself so then you are achieving being that type of person or, or you know being that type of company that you're really your goal is to be.
2: Yeah, and, and I want to add in all this that at the end of the day, you know, being an example means that you're putting yourself out there and that that essentially, you know, you're saying I am being an example because I want people around me to be better, right? Like, I am at the service of other people because I want them to be better immediately. That should be a humbling, very low ego environment as a founder. And what I've found is a lot of people that think they need to be visionaries or think they need to be leaders come out with almost this dictatorship mentality, right? Like I'm the leader, everyone's going to listen, but that's not how it works. How it works is I need to be the example and I need to put myself in everybody's shoes and let them see that I care about them and let them see that I'm here to do the right thing so that everyone can be better, right? I want everyone to experience the same passion. I want everybody to experience the same vision. I want them to walk into the company and go, this is what we're doing, right? This is. Every day I'm getting closer to that vision. Every day we as a team are getting closer to that vision, right? And that, that's, that's really important. And it doesn't come by pushing people. It comes from letting people come to you, right?
0: Totally agree. Very true. So before we wrap up today's episode, is there anything that you've got going on that you'd like to tell us about or anything that you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: The only thing I want to promote is Katina and I have been working together for seven years or something. And she's been tremendous for us. Like she really has. Just the first time we met, I mean, we barely had any revenue. (laughs) We, you know um, we, we really weren't much of, of anything. I, I had a, a successful business before, but nothing that would allow me to retire. And I was building my next business and we were right on the cusp of something great, but we weren't even, even close. We're on the cusp, but we weren't anything close. And I mean, it has just been fantastic growing from practically nothing to millions with someone like Athena that, that understands how to talk at every phase of that business growth. Right. And, and, and to go from being, you know, a CEO of a project management consulting, you know, white collar company to now a tech sweatshirt hoodie, you know, t-shirt type company, right. Like, and all the things that come with it, it's just been um, fantastic working with her.
1: Well, thank you, Jason. It's been awesome always working with you too, and uh, you know, just going through all the different phases that you've gone through and you know, kind of walking that adventure with you has been very cool too. And seeing you go through that, absolutely, it's been great.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the conversation here. I feel like we could talk for the whole day about all of the different experiences that you've had as a business owner and the tips that you have on leadership. I mean, it's just, this has been a great conversation. So again, we really appreciate your time coming on the show. And I think our listeners are gonna get a lot of value out of listening. Um, You had a lot of gems there that I'm like, man, he needs to write a book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did write a book actually. I just haven't published it yet. Really?
0: Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah,
2: so that, that I'm, I'm hoping to have it um, out in the next couple months. But
0: oh, that's fantastic! We'll, uh,
2: we'll leave that for, yeah, we'll leave that for another conversation.
0: Well, that's that's the teaser for the episode coming up in a couple months when we talk about that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Keep that momentum going, and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.